Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. God, I'm just grateful this morning. As I reflect right now in this moment of your goodness, I'm reminded to smile. That's good. Because you... Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are so faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, God, when I think about how every day you provide sun, yeah. how every day you provide a breath in my body, mm-hmm. how every day you give me activity about my limbs, God. How every day you you smile upon me, how could I not smile back at you? Mm-hmm. So God, this morning with a big Kool-Aid smile on my face, I say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus, my Savior. Good morning, Holy Spirit, for this awesome, awesome day. Wherever we are on this earth, God, we give you glory right now in the name of Jesus. Because you are the author and finisher of our faith, God. You know the plans you have for us, oh God, Lord. You've given us provision to meet all of our needs, God. You are Alpha and Omega, God, and everything in between, God. There is nothing that is too difficult or or complicated for you. And so, Lord, in this moment, Lord, we glorify you. You're marvelous, God. There's none like you in all the earth, God. The vastness of who you are the unsearchableness of you, God, just stops me in my tracks and gives me pause. So this morning, Lord, with gratitude, I thank you. I thank you for another chance to have this honor to to pray corporately, oh God, Lord, and to say, God, you are worthy and you alone are worthy. God, I thank you, Lord, that no matter how we woke up and how we thought this day was gonna be, Lord, all we have is our now faith. Because now faith is the substance of the things that we hope for and it is proof of things that we do not see. So God, Lord, I pray, Lord, for every mind and every person assembled on this call that we would just begin to attune our ears, our minds and our hearts to heaven. That high five, would be the sound, not lo-fi. God, I thank you, Lord, that as we are operating in the hi-fi, that's because of our new citizenship and the kingdom of God. So Lord, today, Lord, I'm I'm expecting, God, that you're going to not only just show up because you're already here, but God, I'm expecting that your move, that your correction, that the conviction, that the transformation is all in your perfect plan. I thank you, God, Lord, that whatever comes from Pastor Kai today, Lord, is not of her, but it's of you. So, God, Lord, I will be obedient. We will be obedient and we will listen. Some of us will need to take notes. Some of us will need to meditate on it afterward. But, God, Lord, whatever we need to do, we will do it in obedience. And so, God, I'm so grateful. I'm excited um, and and thankful, God, Lord, that you are uh, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
that you are the supreme ruler of the universe, that you allow us, your children, to call upon you. And so we say, have your way this morning. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, move in a historic way today. A way that we will never, ever forget. A way that will have have, um, you on our lips and our tongues and our hearts for days, weeks, months, and years to come. We thank you, God. And we say, in your name, have your way. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Dear most gracious Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you done. You so much more than just waking us up this morning. I ask that you, 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 you lift us up, lift, lift us up where we we're weak. I ask that you increase us where we're shallow. I ask that you deliver us from our own self, Father God, today. Release the shackles on today that someone that still not, even I still have may not have let go. And also give us the strength to, to not pick them back up and stay out of bondage, Father God. You called us out of the mummification uh, uh, section in the hole. Just keep us out of it. Give us the strength to stay out of it, Father God. I ask that you release on today in your wreckage of us. And also when you wreck us, reveal to us also the new path that you have for us. That whether it's insight on anything else, I just ask that you just keep your arms and hands of protection around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hallelujah, 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 God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, for all of us who have tuned in today, Father God. And Father, I pray that you would just ready our hearts, God, um, to receive, ready our spirit, Father, ready us to receive, Father, what you want to say. You said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth, God. And so, Father, I pray that we would hear you clear today, God, that we would receive what you want to say also just come against the spirit of offense in the mighty name of Jesus Lord we take authority over every distraction Father God I pray also just setting a hedge of protection around this Father God this meeting right here God um Lord, I just thank you, Father. I thank you for life and breath. I thank you for mercy. God, I thank you for your love for it is your word it is your love Father God that sends the whatever the if it's chastisement God whatever would convict us today whatever it is it is all in love Father God so I pray Father that no matter what comes forth we receive your love for us Father God your love for us Father God is what helps us to transform Father so I thank you and I ask these things in Jesus name thank you God Lord I just thank you You are just so worthy, Father. We're just so happy that we're able to come here, Lord God, in a safe space, Lord God, to just commune with you, Lord God, as well as fellowship with other people, Father. I just thank you for the sifting that's happening, Father. Um, I just pray that um, we constantly um, put on the full armor, Father, because um, whether or not we like it, Lord God, we are... We are in a battle now, Lord God. And I just pray um, 
that we just constantly keep you at the forefront, Father, and we just stay in a in a in a state of uh, prayer, Lord God, that we're always communing with the Holy Spirit as to what to do next, where to move, Father, um, which weapons to use, Father, um, as well as how to use those weapons, Father. So I just I just thank I just thank you, and um, I know that we're ready. Um, so um, yeah, we're gonna go to war. And just oh, Father, how great you are. How great you are. What a um, sobering reality to know that we are loved by you. That we are chosen by you. That we were created by you and in your image. When the world is clamoring for identity, ours has been found and is rested in you. And so I thank you this morning for uh, being God, creator of all things, God who speaks words and things appear, a God who began a good work in us and is not yet finished doing a good work in us, but that you will complete it. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you sent your son to die on our behalf, to bear sins we should have bore, to take stripes we should have taken, to be beaten and bruised in our place that we might have freedom and that we would be reconciled back to you and our covenant relationship would be restored with you. Thank you for being so um, mindful of us that you, Jesus, would not leave us alone, but you left us with your spirit, the Holy Spirit, who bears witness to you, who lives richly on the inside of us, who is, who is the heartbeat of God in us. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, I ask that you be our eyes, our ears, that when our humanity wants to even wrestle against what the divine wants to say to us, that we do not fall prey to our own understanding as many have brought up Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but that we acknowledge you in everything that we hear, that we line it up against your word and not our way. And so Father, I thank you for your sweet presence, for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for these, your children who consistently gather together and that we have one agenda and one agenda only, and that is to be devoted to one, focused on one, led by one, to live for one. You are amazing. Thank you for your love that surpasses our knowledge. <laughs> thank you for your peace that surpasses our understanding. We thank you that you are here, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Ah, if you have your Bibles. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. If you can be on screen, please do. If you can't, some of you have already let me know you're at work or different things, but if you can be on screen, please do. If you can't, I understand. Um, good morning, Marlo. Good morning, Dion. Um, those who I might have missed. Good morning, Thailand. Good morning, Hicks family minister, David and and Heather and boys, good morning, Jewel. Good morning, Pastor Stacy. Um, as I stated uh, earlier, this is a word for us. When I say us, 
understand that I always mean me too. Okay. This is my, myself and my husband never preach from a posture of y'all. It is us. Okay. We are the body. <laughs> we are being spoken to, even if it is I that am speaking. And remember, I was spoken to first. <laughs> so, Lord, today. So this morning, we're going to read a familiar passage of scripture. Uh, but God wants to say something to us globally and as a body. Okay. So Romans 12, the book of Romans is written by Paul, the apostle, who was once Saul, a, 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 a Roman persecutor. Um, in the book of Acts, it says this, he persecuted those who followed the way, the way meaning Jesus. He has a transformative encounter with Christ, with God on a road called Damascus as he was going to persecute followers of the way. And his life is, is transformed and he becomes not only a follower of the way, but one of the greatest voices for the way. And he, uh, his name is changed because his character changes. And so when you see a name change in the Bible, it denotes the name of character. And so he went from Saul, the Roman persecutor, to Paul, one of the greatest apostles who has written the majority of the New Testament, okay? And so this is a book that Paul has written. It is ca categorized as part of the Pauline epistles, okay? And so we are in the book of Romans. And most of, if you did not know, most of the books that Paul writes, he writes from prison. <laughs> How amazing is it that he writes words that are free while he is in a place that should bind you and, and, and does for most people bound them mentally, bind them mentally, right? And so he begins this um, scripture, uh, this chapter by addressing the body. And he says this in, in, in verse one, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, then I'm going to read out of the NIV, which might be more familiar to you. But it says this, it says, beloved friends, what should be our purpose, our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Okay, this is the question he's asking. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights, all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. We're gonna settle on verse two today, which you might've heard before. If you have not, welcome to Romans 12 and two. In this version, it says this, stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. I'm going to read that again. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now I'm going to read it at the NIV, which you might be more familiar with. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
It says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, so most of us have heard that scripture. Some of us quote that scripture. Some of us, that's a scripture that we know by heart. And it is a scripture that we have identified with personally. So today, again, while I'm in the shower, you know, I talk to Jesus in the shower. I am talking and praying and asking the Holy Spirit what he wants to say. And he said this, I want you to talk about the conformed church. The conformed church, right? We have looked at this scripture and yes, where it is personal, right? Where he tells them to present their bodies. There is a global message because he is talking to the church. And if we are collectively to present our bodies, we cannot forget that we are a global body. Because as you continue to read down in this portion of scripture, it says this in verse three, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. I love this because now this, look what he does. He changes, what it, well, it's not a change. What we have always deemed as an isolated scripture about ourselves personally he is addressing the body globally he says this for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function so in christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others okay so he starts with beloved right he starts with us therefore i urge you brothers right brothers is not singular brothers is right is as a he's talking to a collective body and then he tells each of us that we have to present ourselves. But if we are also a global body, an organism called the bride, we also have to present ourselves together as holy and living sacrifice. But let's talk about this. The Lord says this, I want to talk to the conformed church. What we have to realize is that for years, decades, we did not even realize that we have taken the patterns of the world and brought them into the body and have been conformed by the, by the culture around us. We have adopted language that is not biblical language. We have adopted thinking that is not biblical thinking. And then what, we, what you have to understand is what a man thinks he then becomes. We have, we, have, we have decided our vision is greater than God's way. <laughs> our control is greater than God's way. And our will is greater than God's will. We have adopted um, um, and created doctrines, which means what you believe, based on personal preference that you cannot find in the Bible. We have divided and divided and divided ourselves over again and set ourselves in a denominational stance that was always created to do the opposite of what God came to do. Jesus came to unify us and denominations have come to divide us even further. Now, let me tell you what we also have conformed to. We have, we heard all of us will say we heard the call of God 
last year, when COVID came and we had to shelter into place, many of us who attuned our ears to the voice of God understood that God was calling us to himself. That as the doors of buildings were being closed, do you know what we were doing? We were mad at the government when it wasn't a governmental order, it was a mandate from our father. And many of us in Christendom have been fighting for normalcy and trying to get back to a position that is out of alignment with the word because we don't even realize we have fallen into patterns and conformed the church into a culture that is not aligned with the culture of the kingdom. There are some of you who are still awaiting the doors of the place you used to go to open up so you can go back to doing what you used to do and being who you used to be. Because here's the thing, if you go back to what you used to do, you will automatically start to become who you used to be. How can you be the citizen of a kingdom and still be worried about your position in a building? We adopted comforts in a culture that is opposite of the kingdom, brought them into the house of God and normalized them because they made us comfortable. If God does not work in our comfortability, then shame on us for still wanting to have it our way and be as comfortable as we can be. I'm gonna hurt some of you parents. I love you, you're great parents, but it is not your fault. And so here's the thing, the church adopted daycare, brought it into the confines of the building, called it children's church, and then if there is no children's church, parents get mad because guess what? This is my time. Wait, learning about God, being in the presence of God is your time. <laughs> but then we also get upset when the daycare children's church hasn't taught our kids anything. But let me tell you something. It is not anyone else's responsibility but yours to rear your children in the things and the way of God. But again, we've adopted the culture of the day and brought it into the kingdom. And now we, we want back what is abnormal and are racing to get back to abnormal. We are racing to get back to places we never grew. We did not grow a lot, places that that we, we could just sit and no one held us accountable. <laughs> no one really checked on our walk, but we could tote the Christian banner. And it is time out for that. We can no longer be a conformed church. We have to be the church, the transformative, powerful, <laughs> uh, extraordinary bride that Jesus is coming back for. So let's walk through this scripture and let's put on the hat that this is not just about what I need to do, but as a global body who we need to become. So do not be conformed. We're exegeting scripture today, okay? This ain't gonna be raw rot, it's gonna be a little sober, but it's gonna be all right. So if we are not to be conformed, it means this, do not assume a similar outward form by following the same pattern. 
we don't even realize that we have been so conditioned to worry about what it looks like that we are failing on the inside. We have dressed up Christianity and caused people to talk about us and guess what, they, they can't, they should. Because we have made it about attire, we have made it about a, a performance, we have made it about a show, camera, lights, action, Christian. <laughs> and people are dying and we are clamoring to get back to the performance. We are clamoring to get back to the show. We are clamoring to get back to everything that takes the focus off of us becoming who he always called us to be. We have done the dance so long that we've normalized it. So we have to stop assuming a similar outward form by following the same pattern. The church was never, to, was never created to follow the pattern of the world. It was created to set a pattern for the world. I'm gonna say it again. We were never created to follow the pattern of the world. We were created to set a pattern for the world. So when you assume a similar outward form, it's the word expression, right? And so everything has an expression. The word expression makes this making known one's thoughts and feelings. We're trying to tell people one thing, but we have made it very clear what our thoughts and feelings really are by our expression. I, I like, I, I gotta, I can't wait till I'm back in the building. I can't wait. For, for this comfort and that comfort. I can't wait to have praise and worship. Why don't you do that at your house? I can't wait till we're all together. Get with some people because we're two or more gathered in his name, there he is. I can't wait for the comfort of this. I can't wait for the auxiliary this, the ministry that. I can't wait till my kids get back to. So we're just gonna keep following a pattern that isn't serving us well, but keeping us bound. Because he is not coming back for a building. He is coming back for a bride. But hear me, there is nothing wrong with us gathering in a place, but there is everything wrong when the place becomes greater than the people in it. When the focus of the building and keeping the lights on in the building is greater than keeping the lights on in the eyes of those that are dimming daily because of mental anguish, because of oppression, because of, because of self, low self-esteem, because of lack of identity. It is wrong when we wanna hold the walls up of a building, but we don't wanna hold the, the arms up of our brothers and sisters when they are in a battle so that they can win Aaron and her. It is wrong. When our finances are going to the maintenance of an edifice that is bigger than the number of people that are in it. <laughs> it is wrong when we want to keep getting people to come to a place instead of coming to Jesus. It is wrong when we measure a person's relationship based on the place they go, the building they belong, the number of people who attend. If Jesus transform the world with 12 how dare you how dare you judge someone that goes to a ministry with 30 come on megas there's some of us only go to omega because in in our in our in our in our conformed church mentality it says something about you we have judged the corner church but they're the one in the community doing the work
of the church. I know some of you are going to get your feelings hurt, but it's going to be all right. We've all been here. So hear me. We've all been here. But our expression, what we model, right? What we model, what we example, there's a model and a mode and a mold to anything that is a pattern. Every pattern has a model, an example, and a mold, a template. We do. Our pattern, our model is Jesus. And Jesus broke the mold when he came. His mold does not allow us to have not one excuse. Because he lived as you did, was tempted by everything and sinned not. <laughs> His example, the way he lived is the example we're to follow. But guess what we keep doing? We keep looking for an example in a man or a woman who is, who is, who is, who is human, who will make mistakes. We're trying to find the mold and the pattern in a building that cannot hold you up. Many of us have confined who God is to a Sunday and a Wednesday in a building. We have not even seen the, 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 the magnitude of his power in our lives because we, re we reduced it to a moment. Next thing it says, be transformed by the renewing. Oh, let me go back. It says not to be uh, conformed to the pattern of this world. This world is this era, this age, just so you know. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Church, your mind has to change. The way you've thought about church has to be transformed because it's not biblical. Not because I say so, because it's not biblical. So be transformed. Change after being with. So here's what this shows us. If, after you are with someone, you are changed or transformed by what they have do, done or who they are, then why, then this says to me, we are not spending enough time with God, with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit because we still want what he opposes. We are not following his example. See, you are changed by what you've been with. You are transformed by, because transform means change, right? But it's a total, it's a total restoration, a total renewal. You are only transformed by what you've been with. So I, I know how much your life is transformed by how much you've been with the transformer. If you are not with the transformer, don't look for transformation. Says this, changing in form keeping the inner reality. Guess what your inner reality is, the Holy Spirit? The inner reality that lives on the inside of us is the Holy Spirit. We should be being changed and formed by the inner reality that lives in us. I also know that the lack of conviction you had is because of the lack of access you give the Holy Spirit in your life. Hear me again, the lack of conviction you have about things that you do, is because of the lack of activation and participation you give to the Holy Spirit in your life. It says be transformed by the renewing, the renewal of life, right? Renewing is, uh, is the renewal of life. It is to make fresh. It is a new development. God is reestablishing what was and trying and, and look, and hear me, he has come to tear down what was, but we keep trying to resurrect what's dead. And what we're trying to resurrect 
is normalcy that was not ever normal. It was always abnormal to the church. We just conformed to the pattern. It is to renew, achieved by God's power. Do you know why we don't see enough power in the building? Is because the building has no power. The bride does. <laughs> We're looking for a building to have something that God never gave it. He gave it to the bride. That's why I say the church can never be called the church only unless the, the bride is in it. But when the bride leaves, it's another building. You are the church. You are the power. You are the presence. You are the house that God lives in. You are the building that God dwells in. It says the renewing of the mind, the renewing of your intellect and your reasoning. Reasoning is this. Come on, let's talk about reasoning. It's being persuaded with rational argument. Stop trying to rationalize God. He ain't, it ain't rational. Stop trying, please, stop trying to have arguments in your soul when the Holy Spirit is leading you. Stop trying to argue away why you need to go there, why you need to have these comforts and why you need to do this. What you need to do is be where God is and what you need to do is follow his will. Period, point blank, done. It says this, then if we renew our minds, right, which we are to do daily, it says this, then we will be able to discern because here's the thing, we're not discerning what is good and pleasing and the perfect will of God. You'll be able to discern. Discern means to examine, to approve after testing. How many of you, come on, be honest, you godly, you go to a ministry, have you ever really examined what they believe, examined why they do what they do? Have you ever made them prove who they are based upon the word of God? How many of you have put to the test to reveal what is good? Or because it felt good and it had all the things that made you comfortable, you said, this must be where we, we were supposed to be. Because you liked the music and the word was good sometimes. And because the people were all right a few times. And because the pews were comfortable. And because the aesthetics were nice. You sat yourself down there and never, ever made them prove that they were in line with the God they say they serve. You never tested the spirit by the spirit. You never examined the man or woman of God to make sure they had a heart after God. But we examined how it looked and how it felt. We said, this must be it. And then some of us sat in places for 30 years, 40 years, and then walked out and, and then got frustrated because we didn't realize that we had stunted our growth because we never did the work of testing or the work of examining. And we got complacent and comfortable. Come on, I'm talking about all of us been there, done that, come on. It says this, but we need to examine what is good. Guess what good means? Originates from God. Whatever originates from God. Not what we say is God, there's a difference. Whatever originates from God then presents and gives to us faith. That's what's good, what's pleasing, fully acceptable to him. And then perfect, complete in all its parts. The will of God is the desires of God, the thoughts of God, the, the mind of God, the heart of God. And it is God's preferred. Yeah. God prefers different. And we keep trying to make God normal. He ain't. So this is what God said to me. Normal. So let's, let, let's, let's just define normal. Okay. Very easy. Usual, average, typical. <laughs> Usual, average, and typical 
state or condition, okay? And so while we are trying to, come on, because y'all know you say, I just can't wait till we get back to normal. I can't wait till things are back to normal. When we, even in the, even, even in the church, you see my quotes, we want the normalcy of the church. What was, what we like, what we used to do, how we used to do it. He said, you guys keep asking for a normal God, but I'm a, a, a normal God, but I'm the God of impossible and extraordinary. Stop trying to reduce me to typical, I ain't. Stop trying to reduce me to, 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 to average, I'm not and never have been. Stop trying to reduce me to usual because you can't ever, 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 ever say that you know what I'm doing and how I'm doing. I'm the God of extraordinary and I'm the God of impossibles. Stop reducing me. I'm tearing down walls to build my bride. Stop trying to rebuild what I'm tearing down. Stop trying to replicate what is broken and stop being a conformed church. We live in covenant with God. We are engrafted into the body. Hear me again, there is nothing wrong with gathering in a place to, to, to focus and be devoted on one. That is not what I'm talking about. But if the place that you are gathering is still, is still following the patterns of what we have allowed the world to now condition the church to be, if we are still beholden to, because here's the other thing, we even have some, some, some Christian patterns that are not biblical. We have some just personal Christian preference that are not biblical, but, but they're comfortable. We got to examine it all. We've got to bring it all back to the father and say, hey, is this still the way we're supposed to go? Or is this just what we're used to doing? Have I modeled the kingdom, pat the, the Christian pattern over the kingdom culture and the pattern of the kingdom? Have I just done what every other pastor does? Have I just done what every other ministry does, even though I know you've called me to be different? So when I, I open my book today where I write my notes, it says this at the top, Malcolm. It says, winners don't do different things. They do things differently. It's literally at the top of my notes. I didn't write that. My Bible says that at the end we win. So if winners don't just do things, don't just do different things, they do things differently. Guys, I say this all the time. I don't want to be better. I want to be different. <laughs> I don't want a better church. I want a different church. God doesn't want a better church. He wants a different church. And we've got to align ourselves and be the bride he is coming back for. Are there any questions, comments, or concerns? I am finished. Ooh. Amen. Amen. It's okay, Miss Donnie. I hear you. Amen. That's all right. Pastor Kai, um, I'm struck by this um when you said you talked about discerning and examining and improved testing. And I just think about 
what are all the things specifically a local assembly or fellowship that I've been a part of? And I never, I just made an assumption that what I was walking to was God and was for me because it had the title in front of it. And that that's deep, that's deep to me because it just reminds me that every single thing that we do requires um, obviously discernment, but it requires us that when we're called out, we can't just make assumptions about the things that are presented to us in the world. Yeah, it, we really exam. When you think about examination, and you think about investigation investigators don't make any assumptions they have to question everything that's before them so that they can make sure they have the right evidence and that when they take it into the court of law it cannot be uh, thrown out mm -hmm. and so i think about our walk and everything we do um, and i'm just blown away because i've made so many assumptions about what I think because it says church, because it says Christian, because I am up there, it says pastor, because it says, you, you know, all of these things and never doing the rigorous work. And this is somebody who has two degrees. That's the, that's the part that I'm about shame about. I'm not condemned, but I just am like, that's a mess. You do all that for academia, but you don't do it for your, mm. your soul. Mm. You do all that for work, but you don't do it for your soul. You do all that for relationship, but you don't do it for your soul. Everything we do in the world, we will examine it to buy a car. We're going to do 20 million researches to, to buy a, a deep freezer, Malcolm. We're going to research every, compare every note, look at every review and find, and we will not do it for our soul. That's good. And today I am convicted because I'm like, if I can do all of that for things that don't matter near bit about my soul and my kingdom residency, that's a, that's a, this, this is a, as Pastor T, the demarcation right here for all of us, that if we put more emphasis, research, discernment, investigation in things than we do our soul. Yeah. Thank you. That's good, Malcolm. You know, and and like so, for instance, I have not met all of you, but I I know most of you, or I've met most of you. Pastor Alex and I used to be ridiculed by other leaders, and I use that word, and I mean it, because they would say you're too, you get too close to the people. You should never let them come to your houses. They shouldn't see you. They shouldn't. What? <laughs> no, they have a right to examine us. People, me and my husband don't stop if we don't agree and go in a room and hide if people are here, <laughs> right? If you can't say, see how my husband treats me, why would you, or each other, why would you follow us? If you don't see that what we preach is what we live, you shouldn't follow us. Please don't. But again, because I mean, I was the same, Malcolm, I go in, if you say, hey, this is the, 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 this is the Lord's house, right? So people, I've had people like, look, I've had people meet somebody and they go and get the, the people's social security number and run checks. Now I've never done that, but I have friends who have done that. I'm like, well, wow, right? I need to see, right? We do, we do criminal investigations on people. See their background and their history. 
right? But I need to know that what you're saying, you are living. I need to know that I can come and if I see something off, I can ask you about that. I need to know that those that God has sent to teach me actually receive what they teach and then and apply it to their lives as well. There has to be an investigation and an examination. But yeah, people used to tell us, you, you, you don't, you need to stop being so close to the people. Don't invite them to your home. You need to stop. What? Then that's not. So here's the thing. If I'm pattering Jesus, then that is the opposite of who he was. He lived with 12 dudes. <laughs> he literally walked with 12 people every day, all day. We need a little break. He took a little break. He said, look, I'm going to go ahead on the other side. But he knew they were coming. And at every point, they had a billion questions. He never he never moved them away. He was like, nah, I can't do that. He didn't have a, a security team. Get them, move them. When they didn't want the children to come, he said, ah, don't do that. Suffer the little children unto me. When they wanted to use the money, they were like, we could have used that money. And she just, she just, the alabaster box, she just broke that perfume. We could have had that money. No, he corrected them, but he encouraged them. He loved them, but he disciplined them. But his life was an open book. So if my pattern is that of the mold in, in the kingdom and, and the model, which is Jesus, how dare you tell me I shouldn't be with the people? There's who I should be with the most outside of God. <laughs> yes, Naomi, I think. Oh, dear. Or Naomi. Y'all are in like the same little I saw. We were, I was clapping. Sorry, but I get a little loud. I get a little passionate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, you said you weren't apologizing. So. I'm apologizing if you think I'm being loud, just in case. No. I, don't, I don't want anybody to know because some people, I don't want you to take it as aggression, okay? No, it's passion. Um, when you said, when you talked about how those, those other pastors ridiculed you for welcoming people into your home, and the thought before you said it, I was like, well, that's what Jesus did. That's what we're supposed to model after. We shouldn't be bringing people to a building. We should be showing them Jesus. Like, they should see... Christ in us and desire to be around us. So that just, that resonated with me too, because like you said, some of us are waiting for a church um, to go back into those spaces. I'm actually not, I'm actually excited. That I don't have to go back into a place where I feel like a position is what is held me to a certain standard and I'm not really growing in my, you know, spiritually as the way that I need to. So I did that resonated with me. Amen. Thank you, Naomi. Anyone else? I want to give y'all time. Hey, how you feel? It might just make you quiet. Pastor Kai? Yes, Kim. Hi, sweetheart. I just wanted to say, um, sorry, Pastor. I'm sat with my sister and she's listening to this whole thing and she's shouting and smiling. And she's actually, she won't mind saying this. She's never been in a church that actually has people in it as a new believer. Um, and just hearing this message today really blessed her and she really related to it. And so do I, of course. But I just want to say thank you for just being yourself and teaching the solid word. And just just for people like my sister who haven't been in the traditional, you know, the conformed church, just to hear you preach the gospel, share the gospel, exegete the text the way it's supposed to be. It's just encouraging because my sister's just smiling. Hi, catch you. Hey. <laughs> so she's just smiling because he's speaking to her. And that we just all did what we're asked to do, which was just to to just share the gospel they would none of this i don't go to church i don't like church i mean we are the church so just thank you for that message bless you 
Amen. Amen. But let me tell you what this does now, guys. Now you're responsible. You can't be nasty people. You can't be gossipy, backbiting, and you know, you, you can't be that. Because if right, because because here's the thing: the building never hurts anybody. We say we got church hurt. It's people. <laughs> the walls never did anything to anybody. But now, if we are not going to be the conformed church and we are going to become the bride he died for and is coming back for then you are responsible every day to be different. You're responsible every day to check your flesh, beat it under submission and allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide, your lead. Now you can't have, you know, like I said, this ain't Burger King, you can't have it your way, but he is making a way. But now everything that you were used to doing and you could, you could excuse away, no more. Guess what? Cussing church over. <laughs> Lying church over. Backbitey, gossipy, manipulative, ugly, hypocritical, judgmental, <laughs> egotistical church. No. Right? Because every time someone is meeting you, they're meeting the church, which is led by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every time someone is meeting you, they should see the example of Jesus. Every time someone is seeing you, they should not see your personality before they see the person of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When people meet you, your language should be kingdom language that elevates their thinking so that they have an opportunity to step into freedom. So you got to talk different. You got to walk different. You got to live different. And what you cannot do, because guess what? You are the church. I'm going to hurt some of y'all because we've done this for a long time. Let me tell you what the, church, the conformed church has caused us to do. Excuse bad behavior with this phrase. God knows my heart. He does. It's wicked and deceitful above all its ways. That's what the Bible say. But that is an excusion of bad behavior. You don't get to do that anymore being the church. He does know your heart. He knows you wicked at times. He does know your heart. He knows that you, you, can be, you can be a little rude and a little hostile sometimes. He does know. But what he is doing is transforming your heart so that your heart beats with his and looks like his and moves like his. So now there is greater responsibility on your life than has ever been because you are not the conformed church. You are the church. So you don't get to just sit in your in your funky little attitude. <laughs> Fix it. That's you don't get to you don't get to just live in your pity party for five years. Get out of it. You don't get to control everything. You're not in control. But the conformed church has made us think our bad behavior is okay because God oh God still knows me. God still loves me. He do. He loves you, but he is not going to keep accepting our bad behavior and foolishness anymore. Trust me. Grace is the opportunity to grow. You choose not to grow, grace will stop. Believe that. You just keep thinking grace after you're going to get grace after grace after grace. No, it'll, it'll run out after time because you're making a decision not to move toward grace when the opportunity is there to grow. Amen. 
And because we don't know that grace is actually the opportunity to grow, we don't really extend real grace because then grace, real grace says, I have to give you the opportunity to grow in your mistakes and your hangups. Julie, then Danielle. I, um, thank you, Pastor Kai. Thank you for your conviction and obedience. Um, this is a great message. And I was just thinking about how I just discovered recently a very dear sister of mine who has not been in fellowship for years, has just joined a fellowship and she was excitedly telling me about it. And I was so happy for her, so happy to hear that she's back in fellowship, back in the word. But Actually, <laughs> to be honest, I was so excited that I was like, wow, if that could get her back in, maybe this is something that I need to do. And I even talked about it with my daughter because I was like, well, you know, and this is hard to say because um, we've talked about it as a family together. And it's like feeling that there's something missing. You hit the nail on the head where even though I publicly and conversationally reject when we speak about going back to normal, what I actually want is that comfort of knowing what's, what's familiar. Mm -hmm. And so as she's describing this fellowship that she's a part of, I realize, and, and just my epiphany is that my, what drew me to even consider checking that out was because what she was describing was what's familiar. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm not using the word normal in my head, going back to normal, she's basically saying, hey, everything is there except for the building. So we can experience all of these things. What I love about this church is that it looks like everything that I recognize in church, except for the fact that we're not going into the building. And that's a problem because why do I want that? Why do I want personally to fall back into that? Mm -hmm. Why do I need praise and worship? Why, why do I need a 20 minute segment of praise and worship where they singing really good songs and get you in the mood to praise God? <laughs> why do I need <clears throat> a message that is directed and spoken in a language to make everyone feel comfortable? And you know, <laughs> It's just, it's just a great reminder. Um, something that I tell my kids because when we talk about it, because we're, what we're speaking about when we say there's like this, this absence, this feeling of, of not quite being as anchored as we should. And as a mother, I'm saying, this is the time that we, when we feel that way, we should be reaching for God, chasing after him, um, so that we can feel connected whether we're in a building or not, whether we're seeing our brothers and sisters or not. We're supposed to have that relationship with God. And so if anything, it's, it's not a deficiency in the word that's being delivered, but rather in us. And, um, you know, I just thank you. I thank you for 
just saying it in a way that I needed to hear because this is this is something that I was turning over in my mind and I was like ah oh, man you know because they of course they're they're having fellowship on Sunday and I'm like Sunday I'm, I'm moving so fast Sunday mornings I have you know I have four clients on Sunday so it's not really there's not really an opportunity and I was like well maybe I could try to figure out you know just anything it's like this human nature of wanting so badly to get into a place that we have labeled as normal and comfortable when in fact we're folding and bending ourselves in ways that 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 are actually unnatural mm -hmm. and here i am trying to make myself this unnatural shape in my mind like trying to figure out how well, how am i going to work this out when in fact that's that's something that k how has never asked me to do mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that you're not asking me to be uncomfortable, but rather you're asking me to be uncomfortable in the freedom of knowing that I belong to God, mm -hmm. knowing that I follow Christ. Absolutely. That that's that's the freedom, and the freedom is then freeing me from all of these worldly chains that my mind, that my upbringing, that my socialization has told me this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just it's just a great encouragement to to embrace even further what we're doing here, what what is happening, and and really this zooming this this new thing is holding me accountable because I don't get to say that I'm going through this ritual of leaving my house and 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 going into you know this building and 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 seeing everyone who's done the same thing and then it's supposed to you know now I know I'm doing the right thing right because I'm around all of my stuff here right right and it's like so I don't get to there's something in the brain that tells us that we're doing something different when we change our environment when in fact the only environment that I need to really be concerned about is the environment that's growing inside absolutely what that looks like Yep. And so, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm grateful. Thank you. You're welcome. And here's the thing that I, I, I again, because I want to be very clear. This is not a slight against any ministry that meets in a no. no, I know you know that, Julie. But yeah. again, there's going to come a time, K. How where we will meet again in homes because we meet in homes. However, let me tell you what will not happen. We will not well we've done it different but we will not we we will not go go back to anything that was we're different we can't so it can't even even when we gather it can't but let me tell you what y'all are missing right now oh thank you holy spirit you have the opportunity you don't wait for the the whole of us to gather the other day evie suzette landed in la and five of y'all gathered together. Call somebody where you are. If you need physical connection and y'all negative, hear what I'm saying? Take your test, take your test, make sure, okay? Because be safe, use wisdom. But then create a moment where you get to see another member of the bride <laughs> if you need connection physically. Because that's really what we're missing right now, guys. We're not even missing the confines of a building. We're missing seeing somebody. We're missing hugging people. We've been, now, some of us are missing what has always been tradition, not biblical. I'm going to say it. and It's tradition. 
If you want now, if you want to sidebar with me and have a conversation, we can go through the scriptures, but it's tradition. But that's all we've known. But now God has shown us another way we can't go back. Pastor Stacy is going to be next as she's been in the chat trying to get her little hand up. I saw you, Pastor Stacy. Come on in the room, Pastor Stacy. Yeah, you're so funny. Yes, I wanted to say I woke up with uh, Hey How and you on my heart. So I appreciate the word it was outstanding. And it was like um, confirmation, which I've already known, what I've known for years. And I'm so excited because I wasn't raised in a church. And so the only church that I know is the one that you know that I know and our ministry. But um, it's just like, yes, we're different. We want to be different. And I just had a conversation with somebody this morning who um, asked Maybe me a question. Kettle corn, some cinnamon popcorn. Who asked me a question and, you know, wanted to know when we were getting back. And so anyway, they don't want to come to church because we're not, we're not meeting in a building. And then like last night, uh, Pastor Bob and I, we had a conversation. I said, you know what, babe, I know that the governor's talking about March and stuff like that. I don't think that's, 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 that should be happening. And, you know, I, I said, and as a matter of fact, I don't really miss the building per se, although now we quote have our own building, but I don't miss the building. I love the um, interaction and, you know, just really, like you said, examining, examining the word, examining yourself really, because what does church mean? You know, like we're the body. And so it's not necessarily a building. And so I love that. I just want to say, I appreciate you. And I love the word. It was just outstanding. And just to hear, and just to, I can't really even, some of the things you said, I took, I hit, I took some snapshots of the, uh, the chat because it was like outstanding. It was like, yes, yes. And that's what I was like, all I, it's like, I totally agree, you know, and um, married to Pastor Bob, you know, he's been, he hasn't been raised in the church, but you know, it's just, it's just been great. Cause he's been telling me to do things like, especially with praise and worship for years, telling me to do things differently. And I've been like, no, but is that how we're supposed to do it? We're supposed to do it. And he asked me, he said, what do you mean, are we supposed to do it? This is what God says. To do. And so anyway, it's just been, that was just excellent. So thank you. I appreciate you and love all the ones that are in here and those that I know you hate. Amen. Love you. Thank you, Pastor Stacey. Uh, uh, Dan uh, Danielle, Elisha, and Mr. Michael. I saw you guys. And um, we got a few minutes, yeah. We also got to take. Yes, yes. So if you have not gotten your communion before you get your communion before you. Go ahead. Um, just a statement of um, not reducing God is um, is the one that is uh, challenging the most because I believe that it definitely um, there's conviction in it and it also challenges me to not reduce him, but increase my faith. Amen. So. Absolutely, Danielle. Absolutely. Thank you. Elisha, and then Mr. Michael. Walk away. Did you um, I um, just wanted to say that this message has challenged me to really reflect on what I've actually conformed to. Um, and even just quickly thinking about it while you were speaking. Um, you know, I've always, I've, when I introduce myself, I'm like, my name is Delisha and I'm an introvert. I don't even know if that's true. I really think I was more um, like struggling you're, you're, with- You're a selective extrovert. <laughs> you are an extrovert. I mean, but see, and that sounds like I came to Chosen and Brave because I was like, you know what? 
this whatever I've been holding myself accountable to, whatever I've been dealing with is not working. And so that's where now I'm like, okay, but what had I been conforming to, right? Um, like being in the in crowd at church looked a certain way, but did that align with what the Bible says? Most times not, right? Like I would be running and, you know, my friend is on here. I literally, after service, I zoomed to my car and I would just sit there. And then I would turn on the heater and act like, oh, well, I'm just out high side because I'm um, cold. But sometimes I'm like, I don't like being around you guys. You guys are not nice. And I mean, <laughs> so anyways, I just, I'm really thinking about, but to me also, I was like, I think it was, it was an internal and spiritual conflict of whose standards, what's, what standards should I be living up to? Mm-hmm. And right now I'm, I'm being convicted like, okay, but you were never living up to my standards, Alicia, God, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you were living up to what looked good in, in this body, in this house, in this, I don't need any help, my friend. <laughs> Talk about I'm not lying in the chat. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> And anyways, like it, 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 it is bled over into work too, right? Like I had to look a certain way. I had to be a certain way. And if I just go back to the, the, the bare basics, God has what it should be, how we should be, how we should talk, how we should act. Then yes, I could just move forward in life because I'm being obedient to him. And I just, I'm reflecting on all that today. Okay, thank you. And this is what I need everybody to do and work hard to do it. Stop calling the building church. It ain't gonna help you get your identity. So what you can say is I go, I'm a part of this ministry, but I am the church. Really, because if we don't carry our true identity, then we will never become who he created us to be. Your identity is that of, of this. You are sons and daughters. You are the bride of Christ, which is the church, <laughs> right? So I attend this ministry. Where do you go to church? People get, look, I tell people all the time, they'll be like, where do you go to church? I'm like, I don't. And they'll be like, but you're a pastor. I'm like, you're right. So where do you go to church? I was like, I can't go to what I am because I am the church. So where do you go? God. So the question you're asking me though is what fellowship or ministry am I associated with? And I do that every time. And then people go, and it opens the door for you to introduce the body to their identity. But here's what you cannot, what you better tell them is that this identity comes with more responsibility than you've ever had going to church. (laughs) But you gotta start, because it's biblical. Remember, we are only doing what is biblical. We are not doing what is comfortable or traditional. So I attend this ministry or I'm associated with this ministry, but I am the church. (laughs) Mr. Michael, is he still there? Is Swagger there? And then we're going to take communion. I'm going to ask Minister Janetta to lead us into communion today. We're going to have communion. We're going to pray and I'm praying. I'm going to release y'all. He said his question was already answered. I sent you a little message in the chat. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Love you guys. All right, anyone else? I'm I'm giving one more person. Real quick. Yes, Tardia. I have to piggyback on on Malcolm. Um, 
you know, I don't miss a hair appointment. I don't miss getting my nails done, but I do miss my date and my appointment with the father. Mm. So, you know, that's just something that has to be done differently. And I felt that, Malcolm, that hit me big. So if I can do all that, why? I mean, I spent five hours with my son getting a car. You know, you just slap me in the face and I don't spend five hours, you know, in my word. So that hit me. Thank you, Malcolm, for pointing that out. But, you know, Malcolm, it was good what you said. I mean, we investigate everything. Look, I be so mad when it's time for Malcolm and I to go somewhere to eat because he got to look up every Yelp review. It's the truth. Malcolm go look. And that we I just do it too. Right? There's a bunch of Yelp. That is not me. That is Jermaine. <laughs> I am not a Yelp. No, 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 no. That's not me. Sorry. You know I will go and experience. That's Jermaine. Minister Jermaine. You've never? This is what you I have, but that... used to, you used to, you, you did. You used to, you did, you did, you did. Now, Jermaine is the worst. I will say that he's the worst. But what I am saying is, right, we will listen to this. And so people have asked me why I don't look at Yelp. Because I have come to realize that not everybody has a palate. <laughs> right? So if I decide the ministry or the Jesus based on your personal experience, it could jack me up and I can miss what's good for me that you think is average. Because you don't have a palate. If you are not, if you have not traveled a lot, right? There are things you will innately say are nasty because they are not common, usual, typical, normal to your condition. That's how we do Jesus. That's how we do Jesus. That's how we do Jesus. Okay? So, God is not a Yelp review. Can you say that again? God is not a Yelp review. He just is. And he is everything that he ever said he was. And guess what? He don't need your review to still be him. He doesn't need your review to still be him. What he needs is your devotion. What he needs is you to look like him so that no one else is questioning who you are and trying to write a review about you because you just are. And so what we have to do when we're talking about examining, we have to examine ourselves. We have to examine what we're attached to and does it align with what he said, not what I like. Let me tell you something. A great chef, even though he wants a Michelin star, your reviews don't deter him from being great. <laughs> he already is. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.